Legion of LA have been making waves the past two years on both the domestic and international cycling scenes with their outspoken style and message of diversity. In the last week, they announced some big news with the signing of their first female athletes. One of those signings was the notable US female pro Skylar Schneider, who is making the return from Europe to take up a spot with the Legion of LA. Hello and welcome to another episode of Put Your Socks On. My name is Angus Morton and as always, I'm joined by Bobby Julik. Mate, how are you? I'm here, feeling good, doing good. Got a little bike ride in today, ready to go, ready to hear from Skylar. Absolutely. Now, Skylar has been at the forefront of the US women's scene since she was a teenager. After a couple of medals at the Junior World Road Race Championships and a season with Team Illuminate, she signed with top European women's pro team, Bowles Domans. Fast forward four years and Skylar has found herself teaming up with the Williams brothers from the Legion of LA with the mission of starting a women's arm of the team. Now with two other riders on the roster, the Legion of LA women's squad is here. And so we sat down with Skylar to talk about her transition from Europe back to the US what she learned in her time over there, as well as her changing priorities and, of course, her new team. G'day, Skylar. How are you doing? I'm well. Enjoying a warm day in Wisconsin, which is rare. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, it's sort of coming to the end of what's been a pretty bizarre year for athletes and people everywhere. I'm interested to hear, I mean, how did your 2020 season go, you know, with everything that that went on and the delay in racing and stuff like that? Yeah, I was able to race actually in February and the beginning of March. We did a training camp in Spain in February and then raced the Vuelta Valenciana. And from there we went to Newsblad. And then shortly after that I was on a plane home hoping to make it home before Spain shut down. Did my two-week quarantine and then I've been home ever since. And obviously, we've heard from the guys that it wasn't as simple as just jumping on a plane and heading over there. What were those hurdles that were, I guess, a little bit too high for you to get back over there? I actually have a Dutch residency, so I don't think for me that was the issue. Um, There's one other American on Bulls Dolman's, Katie Hall, and she didn't go back either. I think the team management didn't want to take the risk because we just made it out in March and if the flight had been booked even a day later I don't we might have had to quarantine in Spain so I think it was yeah more risk than the team was willing to take. I can imagine I can imagine okay we're talking about you going back to Europe you know after the lockdown but I know that Americans have dreams of living and racing bicycles over in Europe which isn't quite the normal career path for for most of us Americans. Tell us a little bit about what drove you to chase your goals of racing over in Europe, leave your comfort zone, your friends, your family over here in the USA to pursue your dreams and aspirations as a professional bike racer in Europe, especially at such a young age. I believe you moved over there or started racing over there when you were 18. Yeah, I grew up cycling. I started with BMX when I was four and then transitioned to the road not too much later. My older sister races as well and my dad raced. So I grew up around the sport and always dreamed about being at the highest level. Uh, When I was 17, I had done, yeah, junior worlds and then the national team took me over to do some elite trips and I won a race in Germany. And then it kind of sunk in that 
um, yeah, I was good enough and I was motivated to be at that level more. Uh, later that year, I got the email from Bulls Dolmens and then it happened pretty quickly and yeah, then I spent three years with the team and uh, learned a lot and yeah, it was a really good experience. Bulls Dolmens, you know, one of the top, top women's teams uh, and you were very young when you went over. I'm interested to hear about like what was it like going, you know, from the U.S. national team straight into that top level being in a new continent, all of those kind of, you know, that massive learning curve that, mm-hmm. that comes yeah. with that move. Yeah, the very first team camp, my roommate was Anna Vandenbergen. So that was kind of cool. And it was a big jump because my first year on the team, I spent seven months in Europe away from home. And to me, the racing is the easy part. Like, yes, you train really hard and you have to be ready, but it's the time away that is uh, heavier. So for me, that was the bigger challenge. Yeah, the first year in the team, every single race I did, it was a first race. And then the second year, it was kind of cool because I knew the courses by then and a little bit more about European racing. And this year, it would have been, yeah, nice to go back to those races, but it didn't happen, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. And then to have a break kind of in the middle of the year and come to race in the U.S. wearing the Bulls kit, that was pretty special too. Yeah, we, we often hear from the male perspective of going to Europe, learning how to race, learning the roads, adapting to a new locate, new location, you know, new, new food, and especially that language barrier, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of touched on, are those some of the challenges that you had to face? Are, are they very similar to the what the, what the men have to deal with? Because it, you know, We've always been so, especially with my experience and having gone through it myself, we always hear from it from that kind of one side, but I'd be interested to hear if there were any other added um, issues that you had to deal with. I think for me, the biggest one was finding a place to live where I could be happy and close enough to familiar faces. And the other thing was, uh, yeah, getting a visa because my first year on the team, I flew into Amsterdam and was almost deported for being in Europe too long. So then I went through the lengthy process of getting that visa. Um, I'm not sure, but I think with men's teams, they kind of help the riders with visas. But on the women's side, that's not so common. So that was a big hurdle to get over, but made it. And and to those that don't know what she's really talking about, that (laughs) is not easy to do. Going into another country and asking them, you know, filling out forms in, in that language. It, it's not easy. It's very, very stressful. Did you, did you have a grasp of the language when you were over there? Or was it just kind of learning by, by painting the, you know, by painting the numbers together a little? Yeah, fortunately, in Holland, they speak really good English. And I had a lawyer through that process, and she was Dutch, so she could translate everything. And to get the visa, I had to set up a business, a bank account, everything. And now that I'm not going back, I'm in the process of withdrawing all that. So, yeah. And you, you did this at 18 years old, yeah. pretty much by yourself. Yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> so you said, you said before, right, your first uh, roommate was, was Van der Breggen. You know, what was it like? You, you, you mentioned Katie Hall as well, Amy Peters, like mm-hmm. these really exceptional um, cyclists. And, mm-hmm. and you're this sort of this young, this young American coming over and, and joining the ranks. I'm interested to hear what it was like when riding for them and, and I guess what it was like learning from them and being being in their presence. Yeah, for sure. Um, I learned a lot just kind of from observing them and 
at training camps that was big because then you see yeah how much they sleep kind of what they're eating how much and it's a lot of work and it's really a full-time job so seeing how uh, dedicated and uh, serious they are about it it explains why they can be the best in the world because they really invest the time and all of their energy so there's that side and then just learning strategy from them and how to save energy in the peloton eating a lot throughout the races and yeah there's just so many different variables to be a good bike rider and to be yeah world champion and it was a lot to take in but yeah I think the best way to learn is to be there and seeing it firsthand. And did you feel supported by these older women, you know, more experienced women? Was it kind of like a big little sister sort of environment? And and if so, like, who was that person that kind of took you under their wing and said, hey, I'm going to help this young American girl because I knew what it was like when I was younger? Yeah, with my first year on the team, fortunately, Megan Gornier was on the team and I think she was pretty instrumental in getting me signed in the first place. And she had been through many of the similar experiences that I had. So she was really helpful in that first year. And then from there, yeah, I had the chance to spend time with Chantal Block at her house and some of the other girls with their families. And everybody was really helpful in different ways and very caring. And it was just a really good environment to be in. So that's your environment inside the team. It's very positive. Yeah. You have a lot of people, you know, helping you out. But I know from the men's side, there were older riders that were on other teams or rival teams or, you know, just in the Peloton period or around the races that seemed to try to rattle and, and test us when we first went over there. Then there was that, that moment where you kind of had to earn your stripes. Mm -hmm. Is that the same in the w women's Peloton? Or is it just like, hey, you're, you're part of this Peloton. We're going to treat uh, each other the same. Or is there that kind of unspoken pecking order that you have to work your way up a little bit? I think so. Being American going over there, for sure there was that pecking order. Even though I was on bowls, like they still saw me as an American. So it took a little while to yeah, show that I was legit. <laughs> And when, you know, we, we talked about your team, mm -hmm. but is there any friendships or relationships that you, I guess, started with some of the other young American writers like Chloe or Megan Jastrab? Or, you know, was there another friend outside of your team that, you know, made, made your life a little bit easier, that, that adaptation to, to European living and, and racing easier? Yeah, um, where I was staying in Holland was pretty close to the Sunweb housing. So Corinne Rivera was really helpful for my first two years on the team. And yeah, she showed me where to train, where to eat, yeah, what grocery stores to go to. Actually, how to navigate the trains because to get to the airport, we'd take the train. And I had no idea what I was doing. So uh, she was really very a good friend there and extremely helpful to me. So let's talk about, there was some big news in the last... Uh, week or so right and yeah. that is um, firstly the team Legion of LA run by the Williams brothers announcing that they were going to have um, a female team mm -hmm. and that they were going continental and then of course uh, you signing with uh, with them so I'm interested to hear like how did that deal come about what motivated that um, yeah yeah uh, I've admired what Justin and Corey uh, are doing with Legion for a while and this summer, Justin and I just got on the phone because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do um, next year. And 
he had, yeah, had some good advice, and then I thought about it for a while. And then it kind of hit me that the two teams I want to race for are both Dolman and Legion. And at that time, Legion didn't really have a women's program. So um, he really liked the idea, and then we put together a budget, and from there it moved pretty quickly. And I'm really excited about this opportunity to, yeah, kind of have a new adventure, but also come back to the U.S. So you, I guess, I guess you were instrumental in even setting up this team. Um, yeah. And I guess, why come back to race in America? Why was it either Legion or Bowles Domans? Why, why only those two teams? Hmm. Good question. I think because I really liked the environment with Bowles, but then with Legion, there was this new opportunity to do something really special within the sport, and their mission is to increase diversity and inclusivity, and yeah, I think there's plenty of little girls that need a role model as well. So I think if you want, they want more inclusivity, then they need representation on the women's side. And they were extremely supportive with that idea. And um, it's been pretty cool to watch it kind of take form. And uh, in an email this morning, Justin described it as this butterfly of a team. And I thought that was kind of a cool um, way to look at it because right now it's really small and just kind of starting. But I think it can grow into something really big and that's ultimately why I was, um, yeah, really excited to join. And that, that raises something really interesting there. Like, I guess, you know, it seems as though you've been on the trajectory to race in Europe to be at the top level uh, of the sport since you were like, you know, a teenager. Have your priorities changed now? Are you, are you seeing maybe your role in the peloton or maybe your desire and motivation in, in the sport of cycling to be a little bit different than, you know, that kind of European-centric mm-hmm. focus? Yeah, I think one day I still want to be world champion and be at that top level. But, yeah, I'm 22 now, so I think one day could be many years from now. So right now I think the priority is to find what's going to make me happy and maybe that's not the, that doesn't mean just being in Europe to be in Europe. I think I'll get back there one day, but yeah, right now I'm, I think the American circuit is plenty promising and there's a lot of big criteriums and stage races here to do. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of great opportunities over here in the States, but you kind of alluded to my next question anyway, and you, you mentioned that you would want to go back to race in Europe someday. What would be that that dream or career accomplishment, you know, would it be with a European team? Would it be with Legion? I, I guess what I'm asking is to paint us a picture in a perfect world, what we, or even perhaps one day your children in the future will read about Skylar Schneider. Well, I think with this whole Legion idea and including or creating more diversity, I think to know that I've made a difference in the sport not only from my results, but yeah, from using the sport to connect with more people. And the opportunities are endless if you look at it like that. And I think, yeah, that's a difficult question for me to answer right now because my whole vision has kind of shifted this year. Um, and I think many people's have. But uh, <laughs> I, I know that's a very hard question because people don't want to sound cocky or, yeah. you know, abrasive. But um, no, it's, it's just I often ask people that I'm working with, what, what would be uh-huh. that, that perfect scenario? So yes, you're right. You need a little bit more time to digest your, your recent changes. So maybe in the future you can yeah. answer that for us. <laughs> so tell me, you've been, you're getting the team set up, I guess. Um, 
you have Avery and Kendall on board now. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, why those two ladies? How did you how did you get them to come on board? And I guess, are there plans to grow the team more? Are there more members mm-hmm. that we're going to expect to be announced this year or in in the future? Yeah, um, Kendall and Avery are both um, Southern California, so. Corey and Justin know them pretty well. I was teammates with Kendall back on Tibco maybe seven or eight years ago. So uh, I've, of course, followed her results, and she's a really incredible sprinter. And now she's, yeah, focusing a little bit more on the track with the Olympics next year. So right now we have this pretty solid three riders. um, But I definitely think there will be a lot of guest riding opportunities next year, and we'll see how that goes. And then hopefully 2022, it'll grow maybe a few more riders. But that's, yeah, we'll see with time. And with the Olympics being delayed a year, mm-hmm. um, what what do you what does your race program look like? Have you got that far deep into the weeds yet with Justin? You know, because obviously there, there are some races that we're used to seeing that may have a challenge coming back in 2021. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that you would probably relocate down to Southern California instead of Wisconsin? Is that? Potentially, um, while it's still winter here. Yeah, I think with calendar-wise, we'll focus on USA crits, maybe be able to do some stage racing. Um, I think two of Colorado would be a good opportunity. But the biggest question mark there is with the pandemic and what if cities are even going to allow these events to happen. But right now we're planning that everything will happen. So and I got to ask you one more question about the racing program. Have you thought about incorporating the the online, you know, the Zwift, the mm. the other online platforms uh, into your program? Yeah, I believe we'll be doing some Zwift racing um, or a lot of Zwift racing. Uh, I haven't done any yet, so that will be totally new to me. But I'm kind of excited because being in Wisconsin, I've spent many, many hours uh, training indoors. So that might be a kind of fun way to switch it up. And tell me, how do you, I guess like, you know, you've spent quite a, quite a while in, in Europe. You've got a lot of experience mm-hmm. there racing, you know, with the best in the world. I'm interested to hear, one, like how you plan to bring some of that knowledge back and then two, how you plan to kind of tackle some of these bigger domestic squads that have more riders than you uh, in, in the coming year. Yeah, good question. Being a smaller squad, we definitely, um, yeah, we'll have to race smarter. And I think... In Europe, the knowledge that will help with that is, yeah, some of those um, races are over 100K, whatever, so you have to be smart anyway to conserve energy. And when you're even in a crit, it's an hour, but conserving energy is still important. And strategy like that will come into play. But, yeah, I raced a lot of crits with IS Corps um, with my sister and my dad as director for three years. And... We had a small but mighty squad then, and I'm kind of excited to, yeah, get back to racing like that because big teams kind of watch each other. So when you're a small team, it's pretty fun to play around with that. So many things that you've said in your responses is just oozing experience, you know, and and you're only 22 years old. So this, this sounds like a super opportunity not only for yourself, but for your teammates to learn from your experience over there. So, man, oh, man, it's um, it, it's exciting to hear this project. Obviously, this was pretty recent news. We've had Justin on our podcast before. Um, I know that 
that if they do start a Masters touring team, like Grand Fondo Gravel touring team, I mm-hmm. think I think I'll throw my name in that mix because <laughs> I mean I support everything that the the brothers are doing there, and it's fantastic. But to put you a little bit on on the spot, in a recent Velo News article, you was you were quoted as saying, "I will wear the Legion of Los Angeles colors with pride in 2021 as a professional athlete and a woman." I feel empowered to use my platform and position with Legion of Los Angeles to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So it means a lot to me that they have chosen me to fulfill this role. Now that you've joined the team, what specifics do you think that you will will tackle here? Yeah, Um, I think as we're going to different cities for different races and get to meet different junior teams and cycling clubs, Kendall, Avery, and I will be the women that these girls can look up to and they can come and watch us race and then see that yeah, they can have a future in this sport if they choose, or they can just use it to be healthier or pursue a healthy lifestyle. And I think the sport can connect to people in many different ways and getting to invest more time in showing people that I look forward to it. What are you most excited about coming back to America to race these crits? You said you'd raced, you know, um, with your with your dad as DS and your sister. I know you've done a lot of racing and you've won and won a lot of races in these in these US crits. What are you most excited about to come home and, and tackle? Yeah, I'm really excited just to have fun with these crits and go back to these cities where we had amazing host families and yeah, get back to that feeling where I can enter a race and really try and win it. Um, I really kind of miss having that yeah, that confidence and that side of it. It feels the races that happened in March this year feel like they were years ago already. So it's good to know that I'm not done and I'm really excited to get racing again. And and crits are just so fun because they're so fast and lots of spectators, hopefully. So I'm just excited for that atmosphere again. Yeah, that atmosphere. I think we all miss that atmosphere. I mean, I've gotten most of that atmosphere out of following Justin on Instagram yeah. when he has the, the GoPro helmet on his helmet and they're doing these crazy things and you find yourself almost holding your breath uh-huh. watching this little Instagram video. So how is your Insta game? Are you, are you, uh, are you ready to, to step up to the Legion of Los Angeles level? Because it seems <laughs> like they're on a totally different stratosphere than, than guys like myself. Yeah, I'm ready to learn more about it. They really are amazing at it and gain so much attention um, in a positive way for the sport and, yeah, the story. So, yeah, I'm excited to learn more about using that as leverage. And and kind of is the final question, Skylar. You have a few years under your belt over in Europe. You've kind of been there, done that by now. Uh, you're coming back to the U.S., you have other aspirations again, you know, in, in, in Europe possibly, but to those very young women out there, those junior women, what advice would you give to them? Those of who that are aspiring to, to kind of follow in your footsteps, to go over to Europe, to, you know, put a flag in the ground and say, I'm going to make a career of this because Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you've learned in the three years that you were over there that you won't only be able to communicate to your teammates. But now within this platform, if there are some young women listening, what would be some of that advice? Yeah, I would say the most important thing is it sounds cliche, but you have to be happy. For me, a big part of that was having a balance. Like the whole time I was in Europe, I was still taking classes with in college online because 
in between races, I just needed to turn it off and focus on something completely different and keeping in touch with family at home, finding other American friends around like Corinne was huge to me. And you also have to realize like, yeah, it's a big opportunity to see the world and you have to take a minute to really enjoy that. Um, it's a lot of hard work and you sacrifice a lot, but if you can find that um, balance where you realize how unique the opportunity is to yeah, be where you are. Um, that makes the hard work a little bit easier. Wow. It's amazing that you at such a young age are talking about finding balance because I never found a balance, uh, when I was over there racing, it was one thing. And that was riding my bike, <laughs> you know, then of course eating, sleeping, and then riding your bike some more. It, there were times where I was across the street from the Guggenheim museum and I didn't even walk in there. So that's great advice, and, and I strongly uh, support that. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. I'm excited to see how you and the Legion of LA team blow it up next season. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. And I hope that, I mean, let's hope that racing's back on track and, and everything goes well. But no doubt, you guys will have some sort of creative uh, way of expressing yourselves if, if that's not the case. So either way, I'm excited to see what you guys do. Thank you, Skylar. All the best. Thank you. And that's it, everyone. That's all we have time for this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Skylar Schneider. And thank you very much for joining us. You can find all of our past episodes as well as a ton of other fantastic cycling journalism over at velonews.com. Please continue to show your support by subscribing to this program. And please spread the word by telling your friends about us. You can get at us on social media at Physopod on Twitter, that's P-Y-S-O-P-O-D, at that is Gus or at Bobby.Julik on Instagram. Get in touch with us there. Any suggestions, feedback, we appreciate it. Until next week, thank you so much for listening. My name's Angus Moore. And I'm Bobby Julik. Thanks, everyone. And don't forget to put your socks on. <laughs>